Yo, 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 yo. What is up? I'm the Pody. I've got a special brand new episode on tap for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is Friday, October 1st. 2021, and I've got my partner in crime, Nick, back for another episode, aka X Denver fan X. What is up, my guy? What is up, Odie? We're going to have another great episode for you guys, talking about everything that you guys want to hear. Sports betting, NFL, kicking off this weekend. We got some great matchups to discuss. We're going to dive right into it, and we got some breaking news coming out. Of the NFL, we're going to cover all that stuff, give you guys the insight that you should know about going into this Sunday before you open those DraftKings apps, FanDuel apps. We're going to give you guys some nice pointers, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. We got some That's good right, stories. That's right, baby. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. Yeah, buddy, the boys are back indeed, and we're ready to get this show on the road. All right, so I want to start by saying I was not confident at all last week um, with my picks, and sure enough, um, it was a down week. I lost a good chunk of change that I, a good portion of what I had made um, the week prior, but um, that's okay. That them's the breaks. Like some weeks, there's bad matchups. You don't know how to feel about certain things. And um, I was dead wrong, dead wrong about my Jets covering. Uh, I lost money there on a parlay. They didn't even come close, getting absolutely blown out, twenty six to nothing. And I, I have to say, I, I do appreciate um, you gloated, but you didn't gloat too, too, too much because I mean. Beating the Jets right now, it, there's nothing, you know, it's just that that's an expected um, win in, in, you know, in the column there because yeah. this isn't even an NFL team at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what they what they were trying to do Sunday, but they didn't accomplish. I don't think anything they set out to do in their game plan. Nothing. They looked absolutely horrible. Um, more credit to the Broncos for actually executing well. Uh, forcing some turnovers. They looked great. Um, that was basically actually my only prediction I think I got right from last week was increasing the spread of the game to even more and getting a little bit better odds. Um, but yeah, that was basically one of my only like two hits of the weekend. Uh, my parlay is all busted. Uh, my touchdown prop bet, all busted. Uh, and then I basically had to go into panic mode Sunday night and kind of make my money up. Uh, so I did with that, but it with Aaron uh, Rodgers, right? Yeah, with the um, with uh, with with a couple things. The uh, okay. the Sunday night game, I got the Aaron Rodgers passing touchdown prop over one and a half, minus two fifteen odds. So I had to chalk up the oh, money shit. to make was back it? the hundred. Okay, um, but that was something that I was super confident in, and last year I was always confident in his over one and a half, two and a half props. Um, and then the other hits I had, I had uh, the Monday night games. Zeke or CD, uh, they had an odds boost. So I put some money on that and that hit to score first. And then I took the classic home team favorite and the over in a parlay and that nice. hit too. So I was able to make a little bit of money back and more. Nice. So, yeah, I I got stupid with all the parlays. I used to yell at you, don't do all these parlays, but I hit in week two and 
I was back at it. I'm definitely hitting up some parlays this week because this is a juicy week of matchups, just like in week two when I hit big. So I'll give you those picks in a little bit. But um, I I just had a bad week, and then I compounded it by going into, um, you know, this Monday night game where or Sunday night. You said that, you know, Rogers over one and a half. Obviously, that was a lock. But like, I just started thinking to myself, do I want to bet and, and you know, put myself in an even bigger hole? And so then I, I didn't touch that game. And uh, 49ers, I, I, they, they mismanaged the clock down the stretch. Um, they scored use check. I know, you know, he's just doing his job catching that pass over the middle. But once he made that first guy miss, they have three timeouts. Green Bay has none. You can't score with that much time on the clock. The second they score, I said the game's over. You're giving Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds, and he goes down the field. Two passes to Devontae Adams, inexcusable defense, inexcusable, and the better team won the game. Um, But going into, so I don't touch that game, and then we had Monday night's game, and the most obvious one, like pick of the entire week was the Cowboys to cover. I don't remember if it was two and a half, three and a half, whatever it was, three, you knew the Cowboys half, were gonna. Yeah. yeah, you knew the Cowboys were covering this. I thought about dropping it to just two and a half to be safe and playing that, but my dumb ass decided to do one of those uh, same game parlays on DraftKings, where if you don't hit, you get your money back, and that's twice now. I haven't hit initially. I get my money back, and then I I hit the last one for my big parlay, but in week two. But I did Dak over two ninety nine point five passing. I thought he would get that easily. Um, I did the Cowboys minus two and a half, and I did C.D. Lamb anytime touchdown scorer. And of course, we know on the first series of the game, he gets stuffed. He gets stopped on like a 45-yard reception at the one-yard line, and I knew it was all downhill from there. Um, I should have done like Zeke to score, and they just blew him out too, like too bad, like too much to the point where he wasn't going to get the yards. And I just, the obvious choice was to just hammer the minus three and a half. And that's it because I've been outspoken about this. And you, you know, I think the Eagles are one of the top two or three, maybe five, easily five worst teams in the NFL right now. I think they are lacking an identity. Um, We don't really know what we have in Jalen Hurts. I personally don't buy in. I don't think he's good. There was a little um, hype. Um, or overreaction, if you will, after the week one um, win over the Atlanta Falcons, who we all know now are not a great football team. Yes, they beat the New York Giants, which that was another game I shouldn't have touched. Um, I took Giants like two and a half, and I just, I knew it's the Giants. Um, They're almost as bad as the Jets, can't get out of their own way. Um, And so it was just a bad week overall. And then I got in my head at the end of the week, and I ended up, you know, basically losing a bunch of money and I didn't win. I don't think a single bet this past weekend, although I didn't, um, I knew it was going to be a bad week. I didn't like anything. So I didn't bet like I didn't go overly aggressive and then I didn't try to like, you know, catch up and, you know, make up for the losses in one shot. That's not what we're about. Yeah. It's, it was a weird week. I think my prediction, the one game that I thought was almost a guaranteed lock was the Raiders minus four and a half in Las Vegas against the Dolphins. And they started off the game with a pick six for for uh, Miami. And then they scored again on a turnover on downs for the Raiders. They couldn't even convert on, on a fourth down play at their own, uh, you know, 
uh, 33, I think, for whatever reason they went for it. Yep. And um, and just like that, they're down 14 nothing. They end up winning the game in overtime. It was actually a pretty good game after that. It, it turned around in Vegas's favor. Uh, and overtime was pretty thrilling. They ended up winning by three. Uh, so the spread initially did not hit, but that was something that was irking me. I'm watching this game, and it's part of my parlay, and then I'm thinking, man, like, the Raiders are better than this. Should I just live bet this money line right now? They're down 14. They're plus money. Let me see if I can just, you know, kind of recover my losses here because this parlay is probably not going to work out now with this four-and-a-half spread. But maybe they win it late, and they ended up doing that. I did not place the bet, but it was a wacky week. Uh, you had a lot of games like that. The Giants always, always just – they play to lose the game, I think. Always. They don't – whereas they say they're, they're, they play just enough to not win. You know, right. They bad they teams the find a way to lose. That's it. Bad teams find a way to lose. Yep. And it and that basically happened. Um, you had some you had some good games. Um, but the, the one game that I was most upset about was that was that Raiders game because that busted my parlay. And that was that was upsetting to see a team that is supposed to be that good. That is, they have ranked at the top of the AFC West uh, current fa- betting favorites to win the division go down 14 nothing to a team that's not even starting their starting quarterback. That was yeah. interesting. But the yeah. Monday night game was exceptional. The Sunday night game was, uh, I think, a classic. I think that that is a game that everybody had high high hopes for. It was a high-rated game. Typical Rodgers fashion. You can't give him the ball back with 30 seconds left, apparently, still. And I he shuts the haters up. Another, yet, yet another week where he uh, puts down the storyline that he is, you know, totally overplaying football, wants to retire, do Jeopardy, all that crap. He goes out there, leads them on a nice little drive, and and uh, they kick a 50-yard game winner. So, and that yeah. hit for me too. So yeah. sometimes the bets don't work out early in the day, um, and then you kind of have to go on your last leg and make up for it on the end with those 8 o'clock kickoff games on Sunday night and maybe a little Monday night action. You get your toes wet. Um, but... Luckily, the NFL does an excellent job, excellent, of scheduling these primetime games, uh, as you guys will see this upcoming Sunday night when, lo and behold, Tom Brady will be returning to New England to face his former team, the New England Patriots, uh, against Bill Belichick, Sunday night game, primetime. And there's a little bit more to it because he only needs, I think, 120-something yards to beat Drew Brees' all-time leading NFL passing yards record. And I'm sure Drew Brees will probably be in attendance somewhere. Maybe he'll be in the booth or something like that, or they'll they'll feature him. Uh, uh, so it's a Sunday night game, so yeah, he's working for NBC oh, now. Oh yeah, that's right. He is working NBC now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Him and his uh his new hairstyle. He's got. yeah, that's right. But that should be an interesting one. I'm very yeah. looking forward to that. It even Absolutely, has its, its own category of prop bets on mm-hmm. uh, DraftKings. I saw that. I don't like a single one of them. There's only one that I dig. Most They're of them are crazy. Yeah, most of them are kind of lopsided. Like it's, like six uh, plus touchdowns passing. I know, like yeah, just absurd stuff. Stuff like that that you shouldn't throw your money on. But there's yeah. a couple. There's a couple that I like. Okay, I'll tell you what. I did try to warn people away from that Raiders game. Um, I just had a had a weird feeling that they wouldn't cover. It was just one of those that was almost too obvious. And the Dolphins, yeah, they're bad. Um but they were starting Jacoby Brissett, who has been a starter before in this league. So I knew, um, you know, he wouldn't be as bad as he was the week before when he just got thrown into the fire after the injury. 
So that was one. Um, the one that busted my parlay, I had a four-leg parlay. I think it was on Barstool. It was one of their like exclusive like odds boost type things. Um, or like a big cat like tail thing. And it was the Ravens to win, the um the Chiefs to win, somebody else to win, I think. Oh, the Cardinals to win, and then over 48 and a half in the Bucks and Rams game. And lo and behold, you know, we got our boy Justin Tucker, greatest kicker in NFL history, you can argue, most accurate kicker for sure. And he hits the record 66-yard field goal that should not have counted. The play before that, they snapped the ball. Um, the play clock hit zero for almost a full two seconds. And then um, Lamar Jackson just threw it out of bounds. Tucker, there's no flag. Tucker comes on kicks the 66-yard field goal. It doinks off the crossbar and then goes through the net. Just incredible. Lions lose yet again. So Ravens hit that one, and then it was it, it came down to my, the Chiefs. I thought for, for absolute certainty they would win this game. And I know a lot of people said um, the Chargers, I think the Chargers beat them last year or something. And um, there was a lot of speculation. A lot of people were picking them. How about the Chargers down the stretch of this game going for it on like, what was it, fourth and eight, fourth and nine, getting that pass interference call? They would have sent this game to overtime. And then they continue to they get the first down on the penalty. And then they continue to throw the ball. And Mike Williams catches the touchdown. And I'm thinking, like, what are you doing? You don't want to give Mahomes any time le left over without any timeouts granted, but it's Patrick Mahomes and they were able, you know, to, to finish it off and get the win there. So that was the one that busted, you know, my parlay. So just overall bad week. You have to just, it's nothing against us. It's just one of those weeks. Those, those are going to happen. You have to understand when it comes to sports betting, um, you're, you're not going to hit at like a 70, 80% clip. And anybody that tells you other, otherwise is just flat out wrong. Okay. You might have a month here or there where you you hit it like 80, 75% or 80%. But overall, the best handicappers in the world, the best in the business are hitting at like 55%. And that's why football is the biggest sport in the country um, and that's why more people bet on football than any other sport, because football, there's 17 games now in, in a season. Compare that with baseball, 162 games, NBA, NHL, you know, you're playing 82 games or 72 games last year. Um, and more these games matter more when it's less when there's 16 or 17 games. So you're they're They're more predictable. You take like the Brooklyn Nets facing the Denver Nuggets on a random, you know, night in, in December, right? Like anything could happen. Anybody could beat anybody. Um, so there's so many variables when it comes to these other sports, but in football, it's more clear cut. Like this week, there are definite guarantees that I absolutely love. And I'm telling you, it starts with the one o'clock games and it starts with the Chiefs. Andy Reid had some concern at the end of that that loss against the Chargers, went, went to the hospital, some dehydration or something. He is coming back East Coast to Philadelphia. I believe this is the second time back since he's been with Kansas City. I think uh, right before, um, actually, I think, in the Chip Kelly era, he came back to to Philly back in like 2013, um, and 
So I expect big things. The Eagles, like I said, they are awful this year. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be competitive. The Cowboys absolutely blasted them. Uh, I mean, they just blew the doors wide open um, in Jerry World, and, and that was an impressive Monday night victory. And if it showed me anything, it's that the Eagles um, are not going to be competing for this division title although it's the NFC least, so you really never know. But the Cowboys look like the clear-cut favorites in that division. Um, so I really love the Chiefs to get things going in the 1 o'clock games. And then, of course, there's the interesting factor that um, plays into this Jets-Titans game. You want to take us through what's going on with with the Titans right now? Yeah, so basically the Titans are going to be without their best two wide receivers in Julio Jones and AJ Brown have already been ruled out. They are not playing in this game that can only help the New York jets so much so that the spread has dropped a point and a half. They were, they were underdogs seven and a half. It currently sits six on DraftKings minus one Oh five. Um, I don't know if I would touch this game, uh, but that's an interesting facet right there. If you're a better because six points, and you're home, and you're starving, starving for a win. That's yeah. I feel like majority of the bets are still going to lay on the Titans, um, but I think that that's a good spread for a possible backdoor cover. You give the Jets, who the Titans actually have one of the most abysmal defenses in the NFL. They have not really pulled through when the team has needed them to get a clutch stop at a close game at the end of the at the end of the game. The Titans have been able to pull off some crazy wins, um, but it's been no help, not to any help of the defense. So this game may have upset written all over it. It gives the Jets a nice break that they don't have to cover Julio Jones, who is one of the best receivers in the NFL already, and A.J. Brown, who is a young star, and he's emerging, and he's been a very reliable target for uh, Tannehill. I could see the Jets actually getting their first one of the season against the Titans. The Titans are one of those teams that plays down to their opponents and they, and you know, they've had that weird luck where they get outmatched by good teams. And then when they play bad teams, they play them right neck and neck. Um, I'm not saying the jets can win this game that easily, but I could see that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say that see that six number and they're like, all right, you know, let me throw that in my parlay. I personally, I would not, I would take the Titans minus six. Um, and I would definitely not touch the over and under in this game. I don't, I, I just don't trust the Jets' offense enough to bet on an over uh, in this game or the under, honestly, because you just don't know. You, you'd rather stay away from it. You'd rather go with a game that you know is going to hit one or the other, um, not in a game that's a complete coin toss between a team that's really banged up and a really crappy team that just cannot fill the stands because they're 0 3 with a new head coach and a rookie quarterback. I'll tell you what, I'll make this very, very simple. There is zero chance pigs will fly before the Jets win this game. <laughs> and I'll go a step further. The Jets will not cover. Yes, those two receivers are out. That's a huge blow. But last time I checked, King Henry still resides in Tennessee. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. The Jets' defense has actually held up. It started to you know, sort of wear down these last couple weeks just because the offense has been so bad. They're on the field so much. Um, but they've actually, they've got a couple players in the top 
like ten, five or ten um, in terms of um, rush defense, which you would expect under Sala, right? He's a defensive-minded coach, so that's fair. But here's what I will say. The DBs, they're the youngest cornerback group in the NFL, right? And I think they're the youngest team in the NFL too, but their corners, week one and two, they were solid. They haven't really given up too too much to the receivers, but I think it's all a facade. It's all fantasy. That's just, uh, it's like putting, as Michael K loves to say, I hate this phrase, but it's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's only gonna it's only gonna show for so long before they completely unfold. And you started to see it last week against Denver. This young uh, slot corner, nickel corner, uh, this guy Eccles looked awful. He 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 looked just just out of it was he was out of his own he was out of his element, out of his league. And I think even with these guys out for Tennessee. I think they're going to have enough firepower and they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. And I think as good as the Jets run defense has been, I think they're going to be worn down because the offense won't be able to sustain drives. And yes, you alluded to the fact that the Titans defense is one of the worst in the league, except last week against the Colts, they held them to 16 points. So they might have started to figure things out. And when you play the Jets, I mean, come on. There's not much, you know, you have to do. It's a rookie quarterback. Okay, they could disguise some things. He's bound to throw an interception. Um, he's thrown an interception in every game, I believe. He's got seven, uh, which is tied with Trevor Lawrence to lead the league. And I would be willing to throw money on him to throw another one, at least one. Um, so, and on the flip side, the Jets offense, how are they putting up points? Ready? Elijah Moore is not playing in this game, okay? And neither is the wide receiver, the kid Jeff Smith. Jamison Crowder is expected back for his first game of the year coming off a groin injury and COVID. We don't know his rapport with um, with Zach Wilson. They didn't really, you know, do much in preseason or really play or he wasn't really in there with Zach Wilson. So we don't know what their, you know, connection will be. And the one thing I will go on record and say and this is why the Jets as an organization are so flawed and it doesn't matter who's running the organization because it happens year in and year out. Joe Douglas drafted Denzel Mims, a kid that is 6'2", 6'3", runs like a 4'4", 4'5", like blazing fast speed, big, tall receiver. Second round last year, we saw flashes before he got hurt last year. We've seen flashes, you know, in the pre, you name it. All of a sudden, offseason comes this new coaching staff. He's like fourth string wide receiver, can't even get on the field. Now he's been inactive the past couple of weeks. And you got guys like Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios out there. And Jamison Crowder has been hurt. So now you bring him back and he's still not getting out there. Well, this is the week with uh, Elijah Moore and um, and Jeff Smith out. If Denzel Mims is inactive again, I I'm going to lose my mind. Because this kid, you cannot tell me that this kid doesn't warrant getting on the field. And it looks horrible to the fan base that you drafted this kid in the second round. I don't know if they're trying to teach him a lesson. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. If he's just stunad and doesn't know the plays or can't play multiple positions, they claim, or special teams. He's a second round pick. You invested a lot in him. He shouldn't have to play special teams. So if Mims does not play, um, I might... I'm, I'm going to blow a gasket. I might have to, you know, pay to fly a banner over practice and just go off on this organization as a whole because 
it has gotten that bad. But um, to wrap this whole thing up nicely in a nice bow, bet against the Jets week in and week out going forward. And this is coming from a Jets fan. That is the frustration. That is the only way. I told a guy at work today that who he sent me an email needing something. And he joked about the Jets. And I said, the only solace I'm finding in this dismal season is just betting against them because you'll win money doing it. I mean, that that's that's all it is. I learned my lesson once. Once was enough to know. Last week, yeah. I bet the 10 and a half. That's enough. You're not the only, you're not the only one who's learned their lesson. So yeah. last week, Gary V on his special DK boost. That's right. Michael Carter over 12 receiving yards. Yeah. So our... I fell for Sunday, it. Our pre-Sunday conversation, you guys see this odds boost? All right, yeah, let's toss. What's the max? 50. 50, okay. Mm-hmm. Win, 50 wins you whatever. It's plus money. Michael Carter would get over 12 yards. He gets – he gets ne- he had his first catch was for negative four. Yeah. So this That's, week, yeah. Gary V is learning his lesson, and his, bo- uh, his boost on DraftKings is the New York Jets to score under 1.5 touchdowns boosted to 175. He's learned his lesson. He put out a boost about a running back getting 12 yards. Are you serious? Yeah, he learned his lesson. So now you can make money betting against the Jets. He's a genius. I think I'm going to take this bet. Yeah. um, It's probably another $50 minimum. Yep, mm -hmm. $50 minimum bet plus 175 for the Jets to score less than two touchdowns. I don't see how you, you don't take that. That's pretty good odds considering they didn't score one point last week. And they're playing I, a team that is arguably just as good. I don't foresee, like, I have never felt, last year there hit a low for me. But honestly, watching this team right now, I, I don't have any faith. They are, they've gone completely backwards. And, and I don't want to harp on this because I could just drone on and on for hours. But they're literally going backwards. They they built this team. It's a flawed It's a flawed team. Rookie coach, rookie head coach, 34-year-old offensive coordinator. Have you seen what this guy LaFleur looks like? He looks like he's about 12 years old. He They, they look lost on offense. There was a play that I saw um, someone posted. They literally ran three receivers to the same spot of the field. They were just literally just all standing in the same spot on a third down. Zach Wilson couldn't throw to any of them because none of them were open, and he tried to scramble, and that's when he got sacked running backwards. I mean, they're so inept. They don't. Have, they didn't bring in a veteran quarterback, which everyone was clamoring for, saying they need to get a veteran. They need to get a veteran. Um, like, you have guys like Cam Newton that are out there. I know he wants to still start and play and probably can, but they don't have a Josh McCown or Joe Flacco type like they had last year to help this kid. And quite frankly, I'm sure, just like Sam Darnold was, that Zach Wilson is seeing ghosts because he has a brutal offensive line. He has, like, virtually no running game. And there, you have Corey Davis dropping passes left and right. That's why I, I just want to see Mims. I want to see somebody that he could throw the ball up to. I want to see more bootlegs and rollouts. I just, um, it, it sucks because you know their quarterbacks coach Greg Knapp was killed in a bicycle accident in the off season. Yeah. So you got to imagine that that hurt in a big way. But it, it's just, it's not looking good for the Jets. And I'm telling you right now, if, if they have um, an opportunity to, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, this week besides them, you know, obviously losing whether they cover or not, but 
Next week, they go into London to play the Atlanta Falcons, who, if you look at this schedule, I don't know who else the Jets are going to beat. If they're going to beat anybody, it would have to beat the Atlanta, be the Atlanta Falcons in London. And, um, you know, I, I know Londoners, if that's a thing, they love their, their, uh, their football, right? And, you know, they could be in for a doozy. It could be like 3 nothing in that game. Yeah, I, I, the, the good thing about that is that they're never fans of the actual teams that show up. They right. always show the camera in the crowd, and you got like a Cleveland yeah. Browns fan yep. next to a Rams fan, and nobody's rooting for either team in the game except they just want a good game, and mm-hmm. it never is a good game. And no. it's bright and early in the morning. Yeah, like 9.30. It's like 9.30 kickoff. Up. Nobody really gives a crap about it. They give – and like what does that say to our, our fans overseas too? Like we, we don't really care about you guys. We're going to give you the Jets and the Falcons – on a uh, on a Sunday morning across the pond matchup. Enjoy. Pay top dollar to go to uh what is it, Wembley that they play at? Um they're not playing at Wembley. They're playing because my brother's girlfriend is from London and I was looking into this. They are playing uh not Ar- is it Ars where Arsenal plays maybe? Um it is Tottenham Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh okay. Hotspur Stadium, yeah Tottenham. So interesting. That's a know, that's a crap exactly of a game. Is. I would be yeah. disappointed if I lived over there and I, that was the game the NFL yeah. sent me. Hundred percent. And they seem to they do this a lot. Like the Jaguars play there a lot. Yeah, I think I the see Jets that played too. the Jaguars there once before. Um, it, it's just, but I, I don't want to get into next week just yet. But yeah. that's just me as a Jets fan trying to look towards some sort of positive. But I don't see. I mean, I don't see. I don't think they could even beat the Falcons. I, I really don't. Um, I think. As bad as the Giants are, at least you you can see something with with this team. You can see the offense, and they had a tough blow. They probably win that game against Atlanta, if not for the two injuries to Slayton and um, you know uh, Shepard with hamstring injuries. But th- this it was last week was just bad. Let let's let's move on. Let's get into yeah. you know let's let's ha- you know let's talk about the the good of of this week and what we think um, are the best. I actually agree with um, the first game that you mentioned, the Chiefs and Eagles. I'll actually be in Philadelphia. I'm not going to the game, but I will be in Philly uh, to celebrate uh, a buddy's engagement of mine. He's actually a Chiefs fan and his fiance is from Pennsylvania and she's an Eagles fan. Oh, nice. So it it actually is a like uh, a a reason to celebrate type of party that they're throwing. Uh, So we'll be doing that. I'll be at Morgan's Pier in Philly, hanging out with them, drinking some beers, eating some burgers. Uh, and watching the game and getting on him for being last in the AFC West as as a Chiefs fan. Yeah, wow. He'll probably never see that again in his life, right? But, as long as Patrick Mahomes is quarterback. But that game, Chiefs minus seven, that is a game that is automatic. Absolutely automatic. automatic. The Eagles, yeah. they score 11 points against the, the 49ers, and then they show up on uh, that Monday night game against Dallas, and they put up points, but it's all garbage time. Yeah. They're down 24 to, to seven. Mm-hmm. In the first half, or twenty-one-seven, and their seven points came from a BS sack fumble in the end zone, uh, picked up by some forty-year-old lineman. Like, I mean, yeah. come on, you're getting lucky here. Uh, their quarterback looks w- like he's one of the worst three quarterbacks in the league, even though he puts up all these crazy rushing yards and 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 stuff like that, and he makes all this magic happen. He still makes mistakes. Um, yeah, and his post his post game presser was actually pretty funny. The way oh, that he yeah. compared uh, his gameplay to dropping a deuce, 
Yeah. And not, he said, uh, that's, that game is a deuce. And what do you do? You, you don't, you flush it and it. move on. Or yeah. Something. You flush it and move on. Here, so I, I agree I with him. It. Flush that move on. Um, on. but you're not going to move on for too long. Chiefs yeah. are coming to town, Philly. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Were you the one that sent me the video of all the girls in the parking lot that were Eagles yes. fans saying, who are we yes. playing? And nobody so, knew. So they're the like, Philly oh, that red team. Account, I yeah. believe it's the Philadelphia Barstool account went around the stadium asking all these uh, dolled up, uh, kind of cute, but still bimbo blondes yeah. at the uh, Philadelphia tailgate asking who the Eagles are playing today. And um, a lot of people said the San Francisco Bears. Yeah, uh, a couple other people just said the red team. <laughs> um, so yeah, they have a very loyal fan base over there in Philadelphia. It's not just a uh, a trendy yeah. thing to wear an Eagles uh, hat with the logo from nineteen seventy two, right? Based on the movie Miracle, <laughs> and drink a bunch of dilly dillies in the parking lot with your uh, jean shorts and and crop top custom Eagles mm. tank top on. Yeah, so good job, Philadelphia. Here's that uh, clip from Jalen Hurts. You take you a deuce. You don't. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're gonna flush it and move on. There you have it. Um, interesting choice of words, but okay. Yeah, um, wow. A little weird. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that he's weird. do he's flushing that deuce, but his fans and the fans of that city are not going to be flushing anytime soon. They're going to let that thing stink up the room until they have reason to flush it. Yeah, um, for sure. I actually um, just watched a funny, f- funny ass movie um, called Queen Pins. It's on like Paramount Plus or something, but it's about these two women that are like extreme couponers and like they start this whole like fraudulent like website where they're they basically steal all these coupon these free like coupons from like a factory in Mexico and they start selling them for half off and they start making millions of dollars and this one guy that like is on to them that works as like a um that works for like the supermarket or whatever he was the guy that was in um what was that movie? Uh, Richard Jewell, the main actor from Richard Jewell, that, you know, like fat guy with the mustache. Okay. And um, Vince Vaughn is in this movie as well. And they're like doing oh, nice. a steak. They're doing a stakeout in the one scene. And this guy so badly wants to be like a cop and whatnot. And like, he's so into this investigation that he, every morning, like he wakes up and he has an alarm, like they staked out overnight and his alarm is for 7 a.m. And the alarm's going off and he's like, I think we've got a problem. He's like, I need to make, you know, I need to use the bathroom and take a deuce like every morning, exactly mm-hmm. 7 a.m. And uh, so he's like, you know what? He's like, it's too late, man. He's like, I think I'm, I think it's happening. And so Vince Vaughn's like, you are not taking a shit in my car. Like, this is a rental. And he's like, so he's like, I'm taking one for the team. I'm taking one for the team. He's like, it's just a rental. You you pay a cleaning fee and then you move on. <laughs> and then he starts farting and, and he literally <laughs> takes a deuce. And then the next scene, he shows up at, at, and he's in pajama pants. And the guy's like, why are you in pajama pants? <laughs> but it was it was funny as hell. Um, So, yeah, I do recommend watching that movie if you can. But, yeah, I mean, if there's. I think Bucks is a lock, but if there's any other game coming off two losses in a row, dead last in the AFC West, you saw 
Patrick Mahomes heated on the sideline yelling at his guys last week. You know they're out for revenge. This has got blowout, 21-point blowout, all written all over it, barring like a Patrick Mahomes like dislocated knee again or something on a quarterback sneak or some crazy injury. This is the lock of the week. And by the way, it is not the Buffalo Bills minus 17 people over the Houston Texans. Do not take that. That is an absurd spread. Like, that's easily the highest spread we've seen this season. And I don't remember what the highest was last year, but 17 points? What? I, like, I can't imagine. Lot. That is so much. I, I think the Jets last year had, had a – I remember the Jets had a game last year. That's that they true. They were 22-point yeah. underdogs. That's true. Yeah. I remember that. But, yeah, that's, seven, that's a trap. That is oh a my trap. God. The Texans were 12 point underdogs a couple of weeks ago and they covered that. Yeah. Like it, 17 is crazy. Absurd. They, I mean, they could cover it. Sure. But it's just why there's so many better games out there that you don't have to sweat out. Like, because if you get to a certain point, God forbid the bills go down like seven, nothing. You know how many touchdowns they have to score now to cover that spread. I mean, you're talking four touchdowns basically. So yeah. it's it's absurd to to go for something like that when you have a Titans that's safer, the Chiefs that's safer. Um, you have an interesting one, the Saints at home against the Giants. That's a seven-point spread as well. Um, I don't know if I love that game as much as the others, um, but I, I don't see there, – there's no way the Giants are going down there and winning that game, right? I mean – with the injuries, no, the wideout positions, like there's no yeah, way. I don't, I don't, I don't see them. I mean, Sterling Shepard, I think he hurt his hammy last week. I'm not yes, sure if he he's did. actually uh, questionable or not for the game. Uh, but obviously, there's a non-contact hammy injury. He's probably going to be limited. Uh, the good news for them is that he's Galladay, out. He is out. He's out. Okay. So the good news is for them is Galladay actually stepped up and looked pretty decent last week in a uh, great losing effort, typical Correct. Giants form. Uh, the Saints. Hit or miss every week. They're hit or miss. Um, mm -hmm. Last week That's they were the a thing. hit, but uh, this week at home, are they technically home? Not really because the stadium is right. still drenched um, and catching on fire. The, I think there was like Did a, that happen. Yeah, I think like two weeks ago I saw a report that the the, the Saints stadium, the roof caught on fire. Oh, or wow. Something. So 911 reporters had to go put that out. Uh, I think they're playing in Jacksonville as the Saints alternative stadium. Um, but there's a couple games. A lot of you guys should honestly build your parlays this week around the one o'clock games, because yes. if you look at these four o'clock matchups, they're absolute nightmares. Three out of four of them are absolute haymaker nightmares. You have an NFC West team playing an NFC West team. Then you have another NFC West team playing another NFC West team. It is a divisional slug fest for these teams out there on the West coast. Uh, you have my Denver Broncos at home. Hosting the, the Baltimore big Ravens. First this big test. Is, I want to get into this game real quick before we dive into the NFC West. Yeah. This game, if Denver was, you know what? Oh my God, they are. So the last couple of days, Denver's been one, one and a half favorite in the game. Uh, and then leading up to a couple of days ago, early in the week, it was a pick em. Now I'm seeing Denver is plus one in the spread column and they're a minus 105 money line favorite. If Denver was a four or five point underdog in this game, I would be on that money line like white on rice. I would be all over that. But it 
kind of turns yeah. me off a bit that it's only a one point spread. It makes it it makes it almost not worth it for me to bet on my own team here because I I still think that the Ravens get the win. I think that they expose Denver for having only three wins against the three arguably three of the four or five worst teams in the NFL. Um, I think the Ravens do pull it out, but I'm optimistic as, as a Broncos fan. I want to say that Denver gives them a very good fighting chance, especially because the Ravens barely, barely, they shouldn't even have won, like you said, against the Lions last week. Uh, also, side note, the uh, the Lions are three-point underdogs against the Bears, which is, I think that's absolutely crazy. Uh, the Bears looked completely abysmal. Uh, Justin Fields was a, a dumpster fire back there throwing the front, throwing the football. I'm right. sure they have some new plays dialed up for him this week. No, we Lions- they didn't name a quarterback yet. They didn't. Matt Nagy said any of the three might start, including Nick oh. Foles. They have not full officially named a starter. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you're in Chicago, I just want to apologize. <laughs> I'm going to say a prayer for you guys tonight. Yeah. I'll start it by saying the Bears and. uh <laughs> Hopefully uh, saying Mike Ditka's name three times in the mirror might do something for you. I'm seeing but, Ditka and all these sugar house. Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I did see a commercial now. with him yesterday and they, and then the punchline of the commercial was like, Mike Ditka wouldn't lie to us, would he? And I was trying to like, remember yeah. what that is a reference to, if anything. And I, I just, I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Mike Ditka is known for maybe being like a pathological liar or something <laughs> like that. But that, that's a game. I think if you're making a parlay there's one leg right there, Detroit Lions plus three away at the Chicago Bears. Another Go one Bears. I like. Another one I like and it's um it's kind of like a trendy pick is the Packers minus six and a half mm-hmm. at home in Green Bay against the struggling Pittsburgh Steelers who lost last week to the Bengals 24 to whatever 10 I think it was. Yeah it was. So they looked pathetic against a Dude. second year quarterback on Wow the, on the, did they look they, bad. Yeah. They got lit up. Ben Roethlisberger looked so he f- bad. He threw 58 times and 19 checkdowns to Najee Harris. Yeah. What? Yeah, fourth and 10, they throw a checkdown pass. Oh, they, that was they, one of the worst plays I've ever seen. The Bengals faked the blitz, and Big Ben is so yeah. bad that he couldn't even recognize the, the dropback coverage from the line, and he threw a dump off to Najee, and he got maybe two yards on a fourth and nine, and they, and they ended up just, you know, getting getting tossed around in that game. I don't think they recover. I, you're telling me you lose to the Bengals and your bounce back game is supposed to be at Green Bay. Yeah, that's where tough. Aaron Rodgers is lighting it up. Give me the Packers minus six and a half. Give me Aaron Rodgers over two and a half touchdowns. That's that's a lock. That is a guaranteed lock. Now, if you were a uh, NFC West fan and you had to pick between these Cardinals Rams game or the Niners Seahawks game, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that the two teams that are home are both favored in the Rams and the Niners. The bad news is that neither of those teams, I think, cover the spread. I think that the Cardinals go to L.A. this week, and I think they cover that four and a half. And I think the Seahawks, not they're not going to they're not going to um, not only cover the two and a half. I think they win the game. I'm going to take the Seahawks in San Fran to win the game, and I'm going to take the Cardinals plus four and a half in L.A. I think the Cardinals light it up. The Rams looked really good last week, but the Cardinals are a very young and talented team, and I think they're going to have some stuff dialed up. They they have the one advantage is that they just were able to see the defending Super Bowl champions play the Rams and see exactly what they did wrong on film, 
And I think they take that into account this week. They show up to L.A., not a primetime game, 4 o'clock kickoff, and I think they upset the Rams in L.A. Wow. Bold prediction. Um, Very bold. I I, like it, though. Wow. I wasn't even looking at that game. I'm not going to touch it, but I'll tell you this. If the Arizona Cardinals want to have any chance of winning this game, they need to stop messing around and get my man, DeAndre Hopkins, the ball. We are into week four now, and this man has zero games of 100 yards receiving or more. He had the three touchdowns in the first two weeks. Sure, he looked good in the first week, but so far what I'm noticing is he is getting the majority or, in fact, pretty much all of his yards in the first half, and then the second half comes, and there's no game plan involving DeAndre Hopkins. I don't understand what's going on. So if, you know, I'm sure Jalen Ramsey will be all over him, but he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's arguably the best receiver, if not, you know, the best one or two. A lot of people say maybe DeAndre, uh, excuse me, maybe Devontae Adams is the best. But either way, he's a stud. And there's no reason that he shouldn't be more involved and getting more touches. So um, that's an that's a bold choice. Um, it's a tough NFC West matchup. The Cardinals have had a lot of close calls. You know, they started off poorly last week. Um, interesting decision to try to kick that field goal and let Agnew uh, return it for 109 yards, but they got a pick six late and they ran away with it. Um, week three, I got screwed all up and down the board. I started strong in fantasy, looking like I might get the high score of the week, win some money, and then lo and behold, it turns into um, my first loss. And I had my most points in any week, and yet I lost. So them's the breaks in fantasy. So overall, just a dreadful week. I'm looking for a bounce back. Luckily, um, Goldie Goldstein, he benched... Um, uh, Boyd last night, who finished, ended up finishing with like over 18 points. So I'm a little stoked about that. I, oh, I caught okay. a break there. Yeah, so. you did. And he acknowledged in the group chat too, yeah. which is uh, the first part of rehab. <laughs> yes, exactly. Acknowledge a mistake. Exactly. I'm glad that bounced in your favor. I mean, there's a lot of owners in our league that could use a little uh, kick oh in the rear end in terms of their productivity and their teams. Priyank being one of them. Priyank, if you yeah. hear this, your team is abysmal and I beat you last week. Yeah, you did. me Taco Bell. It, it, it's not saying much considering this boob started Justin Fields over Justin over who? Uh, Matthew, Matthew Stafford, Stafford playing against the Bucks in what we knew was a lock of a high scoring game. I mean, what are you thinking? Keep in he mind, fell in love with this kid Fields all of a sudden, and like, what are you doing? He Asinine. listens to more fantasy sports podcasts yeah. than anybody else in our league. Yeah, hundred percent. He listens to uh, Matthew Berry the most. So I, Matthew Berry, I don't know what yeah. you're telling this guy, but oh Prank, God. stop drinking the Kool Aid, bro. Did you? Did he send you the clip of uh, Matthew Berry on the podcast talking about his dentist, Doctor Desai? Yes, he did. He did. He, he sent did. that to me too. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this guy just they share loves the same to last listen name. to this. Yeah, Matthew Berry gives a shout out to a, uh, a Doctor <laughs> Desai, who ironically is the same last name as our friend. But uh, he goes, surprisingly, Doctor Desai, big fantasy football guy, big fantasy football fan of ours. Yep. And uh, well, there's two Doctor Desais that are big fans of yours, and you both got them fat L's in their fantasy weeks. So thank you, Mister yeah. Berry. Yeah, just awful takes up and down the board. Sometimes that guy. 
Um, who do you like in these four o'clock games? I mean, besides Arizona, these are, I mean, I think your bread and butter has got to be with these, uh, with these one o'clock games. Like you said, I think if you're feeling frisky, I think you put in a couple legs with the four o'clock, like take, yeah. take, take the Ravens minus one. I'm going to, I think I'm going to be betting Denver money line right before kickoff. Cause I think that line moves a little bit. Okay. They're, they're plus one. Now I think that people are just getting the jitters out. And by the time Sunday morning comes along, Denver will be like a two point underdog. At that point, I'm jumping on them, and I'm just going to be optimistically watching the game on Sunday, uh, in from Philadelphia. Okay, which is is going to be weird. It's like yeah. first Sunday of the year that I'm not actually home watching football. Well, actually, week one I went to the the Giants Broncos game. So oh, true. Um, I like that game. I like the Packers uh, beating the Steelers. Um, and that over under is at 45, which is kind of low. That is low. Considering those are two teams that like to light it up in the past. Um, yeah, that's low. And then the over under on the Arizona Cardinals game is also 54. I th- that's pretty high for this week. I think that actually is the highest. It's tied with the um, the Chiefs-Eagles game at 54. But that's a pretty wow. high one. I don't know if I would really get into the over under on that game. But I really like the Cardinals to cover that. I think I think that they're way too talented to to lose by more than that. Um and I like the Seahawks to to win. I think I'm a yeah. I'm a huge fan of Seattle. I love that organization. Um I think that Pete Carroll is an exceptional coach. A lot of people give him a lot of uh crap for coaching decisions and stuff like that. But I think he is a player's coach. He is like a Mike Tomlin in that organization. He knows exactly what his players want to do when they want to do it. And the good thing about that game is they have the better quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now, San Fran has been dialing up some weird crap in that red zone. I know you've been seeing what San Fran's been doing. It is funky junky, man. Who knows what they're going to throw at you. Yep. That was a ballsy play before the half ended with no time left. That fourth down play, no time left. That was ballsy. That was ballsy. I like mm-hmm. that, but they, Me I too. mean, in a losing effort, but it's still nice to see that they are not just 100%. wasting this kid's talent. Um, Trey Lance is the future for that team, uh, but it will not be in the future on Sunday when they lose. I think Seattle wins that game money line. That'll be one of my legs in my parlay. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I like Seattle to win that game. I don't like I, what I've seen from them lately. I I'm San Fran at home. Almost beat the Packers. Almost. I mean, they looked pretty good in that yeah. first half, and then late in the game they looked good. There was a good two quarters where they just did. They weren't really doing much, and they let Rodgers throw the ball all over them in that first drive of the game. A couple other drives, they looked weird. Um, I don't know if I trust them yet. They're a great team, but they have a lot of talent. Uh, Nick Nick Bosa being healthy is a huge plus. Yeah, but I I just don't know. I I like Seattle in that game. I like Seattle a lot in that game. And then um, if you want, we can get into these late night games. That 8 o'clock New England and Buccaneer game, that's going to be a uh, a very high rated game. I think that's going to have a, a shit ton of viewers. I think everybody's going to be, everybody and their mother, their grandmother, and their little chihuahua is going to be watching that Sunday yeah, night game. Yeah, 100%. That's like must-see TV. They're going to have sure. to. Oh, my God. No, uh, more than likely, Gronk will not be playing in that game. 
He took a shot. I what is it? His ribs, maybe. I think he finished out the game, but he is doubtful, unfortunately. So that adds a tiny wrinkle to this. But come on, I mean, they get Antonio Brown back, coming off a loss, kind of a bit of a bad loss, if you if you ask me. To the Rams, that was one of the games I thought for sure um, that the Bucks would win that game. Um, but I know the Rams had beat them last year, so it was you know something maybe that we saw coming, but um, it's interesting because there's five undefeated teams left, I believe. And I think by the end of, of the weekend, um, we might only have one remaining if if we're lucky. Um, You have the big, the big one, of course, the game of the week really is the matchup of the two unbeatens, which is the Cardinals at the Rams. That's the big one. So one of those two teams will drop us to four um, undefeated teams. And then you have, of course, your Broncos playing the Ravens. They could That could go either way. That's like you said, it's pretty much a pick them. Uh, most people will lean towards the Ravens. I would lean towards the Ravens. I just, it scares me. Um, Denver, they have a, they, they do have a good home field advantage against most teams with uh, that one, altitude. One more thing with that mm-hmm. game. Uh, two of the Broncos' uh, starting linemen are actually uh, questionable for that game with pretty pretty weird injuries. Graham Gasolo, the guard, okay. he has a knee injury. He didn't play. Um, he didn't he didn't play. I think to start the season, and then he came back and he injured his knee against the Jets. Uh, and then Dalton Reisner, the hometown favorite for that organization on that line. Uh, he has a foot injury. He's actually questionable to play too. So two starting linemen might be out, um, and that's not good because the Ravens have that rookie. What the heck is his name? It's crazy spelt, but it is a um, he's a fierce, fierce defensive end for them, and he's been he lit it up in that primetime matchup last week. Who the Ravens? You said the the Ravens. Yeah, they have that rookie pass rusher. I forget his name. It's like a crazy spelling name. Um. What position? He's, uh, what is, Odafe Owe? Is that it? Who the hell? Yeah, he's the guy that forced the fumble in the game and then recovered his own fumble. Oh, yeah, Odafe Owe. Yeah, the outside linebacker. Uh, Outside linebacker, yeah. That pass rusher, he's good. Yeah. He looked really good. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see this game because you the Ravens presu- presumably are are a solid you know playoff type team. You just never know the way they ended things last year. And the Broncos, this is their best start in in obviously years since the pa- Peyton Manning era. Um, so um, yeah, that to me is one of those games that I'm going to be tuned to tuned to it is on cbs so hopefully i'll get to watch that whether it's there or on red zone they'll show it yeah, as well show, but i think it'll be it'll be one of the uh, the good thing now is that they only have minimal games at four o'clock right. it's only four right so the red zone is literally just a, a cube of right. great games actually really yeah. really really great games this week for the four hundred percent slot i was hoping that this next game i want to just touch on real quick. I was hoping it would be that four o'clock game so I could um, watch it. But um, the one game we haven't really talked about, and that is the three and O Carolina Panthers headed to Jerry worlds to take on the Cowboys Cowboys favored by four and a half. This is one of those games and one of those teams that 
I want to see, and that's the you know Sam Darnold led Carolina Panthers three and zero. Oh. I mean it. It took Darnold thirteen games with the Jets to win three games, and now he's won his first three with Carolina. Nobody in the NFL feels better than him. Just that pressure, that weight that must have been lifted off of his shoulders, knowing that you know everything he he's been you know doing, and he's been told since he was you know a, a top three pick in the NFL draft a few years back. Um, it's coming to fruition because he has a competent coach. He has a competent, um, you know, general manager. He has competence around him. They've surrounded him with a solid foundation. No Christian McCaffrey uh, in that game, though, and that's probably going to be a big downfall, and that's probably why the Cowboys will win this game. But I do want to see what Darnold can do um, against basically a, a, a very good playoff type contending team yeah that's going to be an interesting game I know that the Cowboys are going to be without Randy Gregory Um, they're saying that he didn't practice uh, yesterday because of a knee injury Um, he might he's technically not questionable they're expecting him to play Sunday but he had an MRI done and uh, they might limit his snap count uh, on that defense Uh, that's one thing to take into account but I mean the Panthers have looked pretty good so far, and to be undefeated and a four-and-a-half-point underdog away at Dallas, I think Dallas is in for a rude awakening if they think that they're playing anywhere close to what they played last week in terms of talent with the, compared to the Eagles to the Panthers. That defense um, is good. Uh, it surprised very, me. very stout defense. The over-under for that game is actually 52. I kind of like think, it. I like it, too. I I think that hits. I think, I think, I think yeah. Donald is easily chucking two touchdowns up. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how Chubba Hubbard plays. Yes, because, uh, yes. they invested so much in that draft pick, and that's just a hilarious name. Yeah, um, it is. Um, so we'll see. That that's another great matchup, and the other the only other matchup that I'm kind of scared to touch is surprisingly not that Monday night game. I actually can't wait for that game with the the Chargers and the Raiders. I think yeah. the the Chargers are that'll looking, be high scoring. I think the Chargers and the over is is the way to go in that one. I think it's so obvious. I agree. Um, the the one that I think is kind of low key surprising that it's going to be a good game. I hope is the Vikings at home with the Browns coming to town, and the Vikings being a home two point underdog with a with a fifty one and a half over under. Yeah, Vikings think- are one of those teams that. I don't touch anymore. They're just they, they too are. streaky. I know. They you can't trust season, them. They look like complete dog poo. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have Kirk Cousins just absolutely, you like that in it last week. Right. And it they're, they're very streaky. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. You would want to lean towards consistency in this game, which would mean the Browns minus two is a very, very sexy spread. It's right yeah. under three. It's a division game and it's um, away, but it's, not that intimidating of an away. I mean, the Vikings are not as star-studded as they were two years ago in terms of talent. Uh, they're still a good team, uh, but they're streaky. And that defense has lost some some firepower. I like the Browns in that game. If I if you had a gun to my head, I had to bet on that game, Browns, and uh, probably the over, 51.5. That's kind of low. Yeah. Um, you got to keep in mind, too, Dalvin Cook didn't play last week. Um and he's questionable with that ankle injury again for this week. I would think that more than likely he will play. 
Um, but uh, the Vikings are one of those teams. They just scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, and the Browns, too, like they, they, you know, had what was it against Texans in week two or whatever when they were 12 and a half point favorites and they barely won the game. Yep. Um, so their, their offense can go either way. They could score a ton of points or they might not be able to score any points at all. And then you hit the you hit the nail on the head with that Monday night game. Um, I think this is screaming over for sure, and I probably would lean Chargers. Um, they looked good against uh, against the Chiefs, man, and and I can't discount that team. They 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 they're creative on offense. They know they have an identity. Um, they know what what they what they can do. They don't run the ball a whole lot, but. But Eckler is a nice little, you know, back that can catch the ball. Mike Williams is a stud right now. Him and and, uh, Herbert are in lockstep, you know, um, and they're balling out right now. So, yeah, that's a dangerous team. And the Raiders have had, uh, yes, they're undefeated, but way too many close games. This is the one they lose for sure. Yeah, I think this is going to be their first loss of the year at the hands of the Chargers. People forget how deep the Chargers are when it comes to their offensive firepower and talent, especially how good they are when Eckler's healthy and he's on the field. And he's looked great so far this year. I like um, Justin Herbert a lot. I think he has a... um, almost a closeted personality about himself and he's not overly confident and cocky. Correct. Um, but he's so confident in his play that it almost makes it seem like he would be that type of person, but he's not. He's, he's such a great quarterback. He, he knows the right, the right play to make. He has a great connection with his coaching staff. Keenan Allen is one of the more reliable receivers in this league. And Mike Williams has grown into one of his favorite deep threat targets. Uh, I, I like the Chargers in this one, but don't don't make it a blowout. I think right. the Raiders, their Raiders have shown that what they're probably for a little overreaction for three weeks into this season. I think from last year to this year, the Raiders are probably the most improved team just from at face value in the first three weeks of this year. They look very good, but so do the Chargers. And that's a division rivalry game on a Monday night matchup. Uh, that is screaming over guys. It's 52 right now. You could go online and take the over right now and take whatever team you think is going to cover that spread is three and a half. So one of those teams is covering that it's, is it the chargers? It's definitely not going to be a push. It's chargers at three and a half. I would take that. If you don't feel that confident in three and a half, you move it down to two and a half. You take that over 52. I mean, I took the over in the Cowboys Eagles game last week and that was at 51 and a half. And after five minutes of play, it jumped up to 61 and it still hit the over uh, game and the Eagles are dog poo. Yeah. This game I mean, is, yeah. Yeah. Go I ahead. mean, if you look at those two teams, generally, if you look back the first couple of weeks, right, you have the Chargers um, game last week. They put up 30 points, 30 to 24 that hit 54. Right. And then you had the Raiders go to overtime and win 31-28, another high-scoring game. These teams score points. They give up points. Okay, this this is going to be a high-scoring game. If you look back to uh, week two even, you had the Raiders 26, Steelers 17. All right, we know that the Steelers are struggling offensively, um, okay, but 
still 26 points that that's a good solid number okay and then you had the chargers that was them losing 20 to 17 that was just one of those weird games um they they missed out on a touchdown towards the end to win that game um so realistically the chargers they're 2 and 1 um but they could very easily be 3 and 0 as well so they're one of those they're they're one of those teams that people are kind of sleeping on uh the world is kind of on notice after they beat the chiefs but yeah. um they're 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 a team you know that might have turned the corner quickly new coach defensive minded guy from the rams um they look good man i'm not going to lie that was the b- ballsiest of all decisions to go for that fourth down because if they didn't get it um, it, it, it's tough to say if it, if it for sure would have went to overtime, but you would have given Mahomes the ball, decent field position. I mean, that was a wow type of, um, decision to go for that there. So, you know what um, that yeah. is? That is a perfect example of a ripple effect that is currently sweeping the NFL is that these fourth down conversions are the new go-to move. In the, it's been in Madden for 20 years, guys. We all go for it on fourth down in Madden. Right. But these coaches have finally woken up, and they are saying, let's not put the ball in the other team's hands Correct. when they have a chance to possibly tie the game. And to hold the, the Chiefs to 17 points is a very impressive feat. But to very. end it on a fourth down call, I mean, these teams are waking up, guys. They're converting on these fourth down attempts late in games to seal the deal. The ball's in their hands. It's up to you to end the game. You're not putting the ball in their hands or on. you're relying on your defense to make a stop or not get a penalty and for some BS last-second field goal. These teams are finally coming to terms with getting some balls, going for it on fourth down, sealing the deal, and winning on a field goal or a victory formation. And... And I like it. And I think that it's the right move. And I love it. I love it. The trend is great. All these teams are going for it on fourth down now. And I, I love it. It puts the pressure on. It gets the stadium rocking. It does. Um, I will say this. That was probably a little bit of the Patrick Mahomes effect, too. And the fact that the Chiefs were the ones on the other sideline, why it made that decision so easily. But no, yeah, the Steelers started this trend a few years ago where they were like going for two point conversions instead of kicking the extra points yeah, um, and whatnot. And and we've seen Frank Reich uh, go for some crazy fourth downs in his own territory. We've, we, we're starting to see more and more of it, which I like. Um, what I don't like a lot of these teams doing on the fourth downs is running the ball up the middle and getting stuffed. It happens every week. The Jets do it. All these teams do it. And it's funny because you have a fully stacked box. Everyone is expecting the run, and yet they still run it straight up the middle, and most of the time they get a loss. Very rarely do they convert. What they should be doing is getting something on the outside or what I would do is I would be in shotgun every time. It's classic Madden. You're in shotgun with the running back next to you and now you have the option where you can run it or you can pass it, but it puts the defense on their heels because they don't know which one you're doing. If you're under center and you go play action, there is still the possibility that they sell out for the run and get the sack. So that's why I think shotgun's the better option there. Um, But these guys supposedly know more than me because they're the coaches in the NFL and I'm not, right? But I, I just see the Jets too many times 
run it up the gut, just a very basic fourth down call, and they, they get stuffed. And it's not just them. Saw it with the Colts um, a couple weeks ago where they had like seven goal-to-go situations, and they got like one yard total on those seven plays and yeah. turned it over twice. But, yeah, it is nice and refreshing to see kind of the new-look NFL scoring a lot of points, going for fourth downs. Um, it does make it more entertaining for sure, for sure. Another entertainment uh, factor that's increased this year is that dual broadcast on, is it Monday Night Football yes, with Eli yes, and Peyton? Yes. That is absolute gold. It's yeah. great because I, I love listening to the game's uh, broadcasts and stuff like that. Like I was always a big proponent of listening to Westwood One in the car on the way home. Right. And uh, uh, what's his name that does that game? Yeah. Uh, he's great. Why yeah. can't I? He's my favorite person I, I in the always, entire world. I Why always I forget his name. His name. I know. Uh, um, I'll think of it. Uh, he's the one that's uh, his daughter is a reporter. Yeah, his, too, right? his daughter is uh, dating the um, yeah uh, the former Wisconsin uh, basketball player. Oh, Sam something. Yeah. Um. Oh God, I could hear his voice too. Kevin um, Harlan. Yeah, Harlan. Yep. Kevin Harlan. He is yeah. my favorite voice. Yeah, he's the best. In sports. He's my favorite voice in sports. Aside from the guy who does the Steph Curry bang. I yeah. I forget that guy's name too. Mm-hmm. I think his name's Breen or something. Oh, um, Mike Breen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Harlan, my favorite person to ever listen to when I'm when I'm uh, checking out sports. Yeah. Yeah, he's... I, I, he... Now I forget what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't know where you were going with that either. It's getting late. That's why. Yeah, it is getting late. We're probably. Oh, you know where I know where I was going with it. Um, so that the broad I was going with broadcasting. So the other uh, yesterday night, they brought up actually a great point, and I'm not usually one to agree with Joe Buck and Mm. Troy Aikman, but Troy Aikman brought up a very interesting point that most of these rookies, um, in college did not operate under center. Correct. Um, They operate out of the shotgun, and he said. The, the adjustment is not actually it, that itself. It's that when you operate under center, when you drop back and you fake a handoff, you turn your back to the defense. And I never thought of that before as like a big adjustment thing for, for these young quarterbacks. But it makes a lot of sense now that I see like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. And even you could say like Joe Burrow, they didn't really operate under center in college. So for them to take a handoff under center and drop back, and fake a handoff and run like a bootleg play action or just any type of play action off that formation, they're, it's it's very difficult for them to turn their back to a defense, then turn back around and kind of like reanalyze what the defensive look has changed in that mm-hmm. one, one and a half, two, two and a half seconds that they they had their back turned. Um so that was that was something that I thought was interesting. I didn't I didn't I've never thought about that in my entire life. Right. And I just found that out yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, he has a great point there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be a great broadcast on Monday night, listening to Peyton and Eli talking about uh, these two AFC West teams, uh, yeah. both of which that he had to play against for uh, his time in Denver for uh, three, four years that he was with the Broncos, five years. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think they're only signed on to do nine games, though, which is weird. I hope they up, I hope they up that and, and get a full season's worth because I know. I know it's gone up each week 
like week one, there wasn't much advertising. Like I found out about it and that's when I told everybody in the group chat and we tuned yeah. in. And then I, I honestly forgot about it the last two weeks. They have to re-up that. They've had they some do. Stars. They had Matt Stafford on last week and LeBron James. I know. How about freaking uh, Eli flipping the double birds thinking that the producers can just, you know, yeah. blur that out. <laughs> but it was live. <laughs> like, that was great. Typical Eli. Yeah, I think he's actually been the star. They're, but They're, they're both great, great together. Yeah. yeah, They work great together. 100%. 100%. Um, any final words? I mean... Um, just to, uh, bet with your heads and also a little bit with your hearts out there, guys. And, uh, don't bet too much, Bet what you can afford to bet. Um, a hit's a hit, a win's a win. That's Take right. what you get. Uh, don't bet crazy. Don't be, uh, bamboozled. I can't say this enough by those bimbo bettors out there. Those mm-hmm. blonde bombshells that make TikToks about betting on the Steelers, uh, or that their favorite team is the Cleveland Browns and they love mm-hmm. Odell to score the first touchdown every week. And, you know, these fakes, yeah. these phonies, you got to be careful, you know, uh, trust what your heart says. You guys are fans of the sport yourselves. You know exactly um, how these games have played out. You've all seen it before. Uh, you know what these teams do. You know how these quarterbacks play. You know what teams give them problems um, and learn your lesson. Every week, I tell you guys, every week is a new lesson. Um, just like Gary V's DraftKings special where he takes a Jets prop bet and turns it next week into an anti-Jets prop bet. You got <laughs> to learn your lesson. That's right. And that's all you can do as a better. It's just use your head, bet smart, and bet with your wallet. Absolutely. And have fun doing it too. And make some money. Yeah. And if there's any week to bet, this is the week. So, um, you know, we'll we'll take last week with a grain of salt and we're going to move on. And this weekend, um, the one o'clock games are looking juicy and I'm expecting, um, you know, to see to see the green rolling in and to see a lot of, you know, a lot of green and not so much red. Like I, I expect to see win, win, win. I, I don't, I don't expect to see any losses uh, this weekend with my picks. So I'm loving it. Um, if you guys have any, you know, uh, suggestions, any bets that you're taking that you like, you know, you could hit us up in um, on social media. You know, we're we're all over. You know, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, you name it, you could find us and you can hit us up with those. Um, because I'm interested to see not only my picks, but I don't necessarily dive into every single prop bed or different, you know, there's so many apps out there to, 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 to see all of them. Um, but I will post my picks. I'll see if there's any specials, whether it's Barstool or FanDuel or DraftKings, and I'll end up posting what I like, but I gave you pretty much, we, we gave you, uh, the, you know, the crux of it, the best, um, picks, you know, for your money this week couple of uh you know couple of interesting picks with Nick going you know with the Cardinals there over the Rams you know some interesting ones I went with the more no-brainer type picks but uh, I think all of them are, are are very good options and this week has better games just as from an NFL fan standpoint to watch um there's a lot of good games out there so I'm excited as Scott Hansen always says, what is it? Seven hours of commercial free football starts now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that um, because yep. I just get to sit on the couch and just watch football, whether I, I'll have the Jets on because as sick minded as I am, I have to watch every single play no matter what. And then I'll be streaming the red zone. I'll be keeping track of fantasy and all that good stuff. And, you know, the, the juices are flowing now just thinking about it because 
We're like two days away here. And um, yeah, there's nothing better than NFL football in September. October. October. Yeah, we're in October, October now. First. Happy October, everybody. Yeah, happy October 1st. 2021, almost over. That's right. You're going to blink and it's going to be St. Paddy's Day, guys. Well, I blinked and my Jets are out of the playoff <laughs> race three. already, you know? So, but yeah, that's every year. So, yeah. What are you going to do? Just don't blink. Yeah, I can't believe it's been since 2010, the last time we made the playoffs. Yikes. You guys should see Anthony right now. He looks very sad. <laughs> I am sad, man. We it's, want to end on a high note, Ant. Yeah. Um, the high note is let's make some money, 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 money. Um, I'll give you one good bet for tomorrow. Um, Notre Dame cashed in for me last week, and they're playing Cincinnati this week, and I'll throw some money on them. Oh, uh, yeah. You've you got an interesting game with Rutgers, was... Ohio State at home, uh, 15 and a half point favorites for Ohio State. I'll jump all over that. Rutgers ain't covering. I'm telling you right now, that's a lock. I can't, we can't bet it here in Jersey, but um, those are the two games I like Notre Dame for sure. Yeah. I'm excited for that Rutgers game. Obviously we're going to be rooting for them as our, as our state school um, and you being alumni and all the mm-hmm. uh, 20 something point spread against Michigan last week. They yeah, covered 20 that. and a half. They covered it easily. Covered Could've, that. Should have won seven, the game. Had the ball in their hands. Yep. A fumble at the end of the game with a minute 40 left sealed the deal for Michigan. They ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that Notre Dame Cincinnati game, I am not buying the hype around Cincinnati. I'm taking, no. I think Notre Dame in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy is a big time college, uh, follower and he's been a Notre Dame fan for a long time and he's, and he's high on them winning that game too. So yeah, that's my, I like unlock. it. Absolutely. I like it. All right. All right. That wraps this thing up guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the love and support. Uh, I'm the Pody. That's Nick. Episode 150. That's a milestone. Good night from this week in sports. Deuces. Bye.